This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone, to the Laravel News Podcast. We are on episode 203, the date today is November 22nd, 2023. We are back. It has been like a month, it feels like. Has it been an actual month? I think it probably has. We were supposed to record on the 6th, which was one, two, yeah, two weeks ago. And there was so, yeah, it's been a month. It's been a month. Yeah, exactly. So it's been a month. And it was two weeks before that that we actually recorded. So yeah, it's been a while. Indeed, it has. And so it's just been busy. Uh, this is not a sign of things to come. It was just, it happened to be at a weird time uh, where I was gone for conference and then you had Laracon AU and then the week before that, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, it was me first, then it was you second. So we're both to blame. So, and then I almost fell asleep for the, our podcast tonight because, you know, <laughs> why not? Almost. All, no, no, I, you did no, fall I asleep. Did. I did. did. <laughs> it's true. I did fall asleep. You, you just woke up again. I, I literally had my microphone and my laptop and all my stuff set up like on my uh, everything's all set to go. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go rest for a couple minutes. Yeah. And then I fell asleep. Oh, that is the life yeah, of an that. adult, uh, you know, with kids. I think it's just like you, you just fall asleep unpredictably because, you know, you're, oh, all, yeah. you're always a little bit tired. <laughs> you know, I think you messaged. Yeah. We were actually going to no, record yesterday. That. And you're like, no, I just told my wife I'd watch the kids for a couple minutes so she could take a nap in the middle of the day. Because it's like, that's where we're at in life. That's just, yeah, that's how 100%. it is. Yeah, 100%. It was funny. Yeah, coming back coming back from Sydney on, um, we, you know, we got the kids to bed. And I think I fell asleep on the couch at like 8.30. Yep. <laughs> I yep. said to Ray, I'm, I'm going to bed because like the week had obviously caught up Absolutely. to me at that point. Yeah. It was just like running around with the kids and then it was you know, running around with the conference and then Wednesday night was a late night and Thursday and Friday were all late nights. And then Saturday ended up being a late night as well, just like chasing up loose ends from, from the conference. And then, yeah. So I think Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I went to, I fell asleep. I, I want to say I went to bed, but I fell asleep at like on the couch at 8.30 yep. and I was like, oh, I'm going yep. to bed now. So, so it is. I was all right. Come Come last night, like last night, I went to bed at like. Got to catch up, yeah, yeah. Conference lag, not wild. jet lag. Conference lag, it's a real thing. Yeah. So yeah, speaking lag. of the conference, I mean, everything seemed to go well. Watching from this side of the world over here, I was uh, trying to follow on Twitter and keep up with all the cool things that were going on. But it looked like mm-hmm. you guys had an awesome time. Um, really great excited time. to see. Great time. Yeah, really excited to see all the videos come out. Uh, I did get to see your intro which was killer. Mm-hmm. You guys did a great job with uh, the animation and all the other stuff that was going on there. All the branding looked really nice. Anyway, everything looked really, really great. So congratulations. And uh, already announced that there's going to be Laracon AU 2024. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was was straight into it. Can't can't have a four-year break again. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be bigger and better next year. Awesome. Which Very cool. Is is a silly thing to say considering how big and exciting this year was yeah but, um, it was absolutely yeah, i've uh i have narrowed the city down like i know where it's going to be uh next next year it's just a matter of figuring out which venue it's going to be at so i've got perth? four that i need to look at not perth, not perth. <laughs> not perth. 
but uh, I will. I'm going to go on. I have to wrangle the venues, and then I'm going to go and check out all the venues in a couple of weeks, nice. so I can get that all squared away before Christmas, and then we will announce when and where Laracon AU 2024 will be at the beginning of you know in the end of January sometime. Awesome. Well, hey, job well done. Uh, I actually got messages Thank from you. people on Twitter just randomly saying, "Hey, by the way, Michael did an." insanely awesome job as in like if it's like if i was giving you a performance review or something like i'm like just out of the blue they're like hey michael did an incredible job hosting this thing i was like number one i didn't have any doubt he was going to but number two thanks for letting me know i it was just funny so anyway yes from, mur- from multiple people i just had people just like reaching out and be like hey michael did michael killed it and so anyway good job good job good job it's funny a few people asked about you actually which oh, was nice. which was nice you know I, I've been asked, despite the the good things that were said about me, you know, I, am I going to hand over the reins to someone to to MC? But like, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's um, really fun. Just getting up on stage and having fun with it. And you like, we had so much stuff go wrong. Like nothing bad. Oh no, but just just things go wrong when yeah. you've got to think on your feet. And so you handled it well. I was like channeling the screen, the screen yeah, I, popping I was, off, not like working right at first. <laughs> the screen not working. Yeah. The um, I I was channeling like every comedian I had seen on TikTok in the so last funny. four years, just with like <laughs> filling in the filling in the bits. Oh, but, that's um, hilarious! Yeah, the uh, the videos the videos will be out. I've got them all. It's where we're doing like social media clips and transcripts and sure. blog posts yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And like with all of the noise and insanity of. Um, you know, Black Friday yep, and Cyber yep. Monday. I thought it'd be not won't be fair to the speakers if we start putting their videos out now. That that's fair. Yeah. So we will we will wait until next week. We put the Laravel Pulse video out straight away. Um, yeah. Everybody wants to know about that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone wants to know about that. So there'll be a blog post on Laravel News to follow. Yeah, really excited to see that with one. all those details. So Should once be good. Uh, once it comes out, Eric will squeeze the trigger on that one. So. Yeah, everything everything was great. I uh, can't wait to do it all again. Loved seeing everyone, and you know, the, you you know what it's like, right? The absolutely, after, absolutely. I mean, the energy normally of Laracon, but the energy after four years yeah, of, of not sure. having Laracon, just seeing old faces and meeting new people, and and I think like Laracon US was the same as as for us this year. There was a lot of first time attendees, yeah. which was incredible to see. Yeah, you know, to to kind of get get them involved in the community and bring them all together. I so mean, it's grown a ton in four years. You know what I mean? Everything has gotten just, there's right, so many yeah. more people in four years that are involved in the community. So mm-hmm. yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. I saw today that there's like seven tickets left to Laracon EU in February and they've got like 700 tickets and like Laracon India sold something like our entire conference worth of tickets in 30 minutes or something wow. wild like that. So the community's popping, man. Yeah, it's, if you uh, want to be like, you know, if you want to travel the world, basically all you have to do is become a Laracon speaker, and you can go everywhere. You know, it's kind of what mm-hmm. it seems like. So, for sure. Anyway, for I was sure. talking to my wife about going to Australia next year today, so we'll see. We will see. How's that going? You're planning that seat? I've got, I've got a few people planning that seat. That's kind of yeah. Kind of... That's kind of what it is. So it's like since you're planning it a year in advance, I know like, well, hey, there's nothing we shouldn't be able to figure out in a year. You know, so it's like right. Yeah, it's, yeah. If it's... you want to do it, there's no better time than. 12 months notice exactly correct right so 
Hey, folks, here's where we're at with uh, the episode. So, you know, we've been off for a couple of weeks. And so we figured we could either have a really crazy episode where we tried to cram everything in as quickly as possible. But we're not going to do that. Instead, what we're going to do is we just sort of cherry picked the best items that we wanted to talk about. We're going to try and keep this to a regular length, even though we're already almost 10 minutes in. So we're going to get started jumping into releases. We've got some news. We're going to skip over some of the packages and developer tools that we normally talk about just for the sake of time. And then we're going to hit some tutorials that we thought were really uh, great as well. So let's get started jumping into releases at Laravel 10.32 release. I'll go ahead and jump on this one. Okay, so this week, Laravel team released 10.32. Of course, this week was not this week, but was instead November 14th is when it would have been November 14th. Uh, here are the things that the 10.32 released included. New conditional push blade directives conditional present validation rules, and more. Laravel 10 actually had 15 different individual contributions. So that's awesome. Really cool. Including updates, fixes, and improvements. Here's some of the new features. Here we go. So Jason Mercury, JMac, uh, contributed the push-else-if and push-else-blade directives to a company, push-if, and complete a full set of conditional push directives. So I'm guessing push is like the stack stuff. Is that what we're talking about here? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So in Laravel, you have these stacks. Uh, so you can define like a Java or like a script stack or a style stack. And so you, wherever you put that stack in, you render, you, it, it'll render whatever's in the stack. Now, how do you get stuff in the stack? The way that you get stuff in the stack is by using the push directive. So you say at push, and then you name the stack that you're pushing it to. And then whatever is in between push and end push will, will get make its way into that stack. So a perfect example would be if you had a Laravel component, right? We're just talking about a blade component here. And that blade component contained some sort of HTML that relied on some JavaScript library. You could inject that library, that JavaScript script tag, at the bottom of your page by using something like push script, and then you'd include the JavaScript, maybe the CDN, and then end push. And at the, at the bottom of your uh, your app.blade or whatever like that, you could have a at stack scripts. And so when you push that, anytime that that, that um, component is rendered on the page, it's going to push that to that stack, and it'll render it at the bottom of the page. That's sort of the idea there. But this now is basically a conditional push. So you can pass in a truthy statement uh, into the directive. And if that statement evaluates to true, it'll push it in. So you have the push if, else push if, else push, and else, uh, push end if. So basically, we have this where we say something like include, right? You have an at include directive in Laravel. But I think you have like an at include when, which again, is the same idea where you just have a truthy statement for the first part. And then the second part is the thing that should be included with if it's true, you now have the same thing for push, right? And so when you have mm -hmm. push if, it's, it's basically like if, else, and then end is, is what you have here, right? So that's it. That is pull request 48990. Thank you, Jason McCurry, uh, to go uh, to for pushing all of that in, pushing that in. There we go. Haha. Okay. We also have an additional present validation rule. Diamond Obama, is that the name? That's literally the name. Diamond Obama contributed additional uh, present validation rules to validate data based on the presence of other fields. Previously, 
The present validation rule would validate that a given field was present in the request. But now we have the following present rules. So we have present if, present unless, present with, and present with all. Um, so again, uh, essentially, we're just adding some additional conditionals on top of the previous rule that was already there. So this is um, what you can have. So like required is a good example of this. So you can have a field, a validation field that is required only when certain conditions are met. For example, if you were adding a phone number and you wanted to be able to uh, require that they checked a box that allowed you to send them text messages. You would only require that box to be checked for them to accept those terms and agreements if they put a phone number in. If they didn't put a phone number in, there's no reason for them to agree to the SMS, text, whatever, you know, thing. So in that mm -hmm. case, you'd say something like required with, and then it would say phone number, right? So if the phone number is in there, then it needs to also have that value required. Now this, um, this rule present, is not making any assumptions on what the data is. It's just saying that it should be there in the list of fields that are coming through. So along with present, now we have present if, present unless, present with, and present with all. So those are the, those are the couple uh, items that are added to that validation rule, which consequently we needed this literally last week. So <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, that's it. Th those are the items that we have for 10.32. Of course, you can find show notes and full updates in the change log on GitHub if you have any additional questions or want to see the full thing. Thanks, Paul Redman, for writing that one up. Excellent. At Laravel 10.33 was released yesterday and came with a few new features and contributions. So we'll go through them now. First up, Make assertions about batches that exist in job chains. This was contributed by Taylor Otwell, and it provides improvements to the testability of batches that exist in a chain via a new bus chained batch testing helper. So this was if you wanted to make some tests or you wanted to assert against a, a chain of jobs that contained a batch of jobs, you were not previously able to make assertions about the nested or the chained batch of jobs. So this is now possible thanks to the contribution of Taylor. We also have the ability to pass the dollar validator as a parameter to closure-based rules, which is contributed by at Shinsenti. So this allows you to pass the validator instance as an argument in a closure-based validation rule. So if you're doing these one-off validations in your code, Nico Pikrishvili contributed a hex color validation rule in which the field under validation must contain a valid color value in hexadecimal format. And Andy Hinkle also contributed alpha channel support to this validation rule. So if you are accepting color input into your application, you want to make sure that they're valid values. You can now use this new hex color validation rule. And last up, Kane De Silva contributed the Laravel number utility class, which simplifies most number formatting needs. The number helper lives in the Illuminate support package and gives you several new helpers. So you've got the ability to number colon colon format. So if you pass it 25, it'll just render it as 25. If you pass it 100,000, it will format that such that it is 100 comma 000. And likewise for uh, 1 million to, uh, 123,456,789, it will format that 
uh, by default with US style formatting, so commas every three places. But you can also specify EN or DE or SV, and it will do localized formatting of numbers for you. So for EN, it would use um, commas. For DE, it would use periods in place of those commas. So things as you would expect in those situations. And then there's two percentage as well, and you can specify precision and things like that. Uh, so just a nice little way to, you know, without having to delve into, you know, PHP's underlying formatter utilities, you can use these simplified things. There's also a separate blog post written by Kane on the Laravel news website that goes into a bit more detail and a bit more background about what that is and how you might want to use it. Uh, it does also support currency, file size, um, and human readable format formatting and allows you to specify the locale as well. So definitely check all of that out. We'll have links to it in the show notes for you. So it is that time of year again where you can save huge amounts of money on everything from training courses to full applications. And this year, like most other years, we've compiled a list of all the hot sales from all of our partners and listed them below. So if you've been thinking about buying any of these, now would be the time. So here's a couple of Laravel specials. Laravel Jobs, where you can list all of your jobs that you have for Laravel developers uh, as, uh, on sale, $100 off any job listing through December 2nd with the coupon code BLACKFRIDAY2023. Laravel News itself has 5% savings on any sponsored post, newsletter, or podcast plans that are purchased before December 1st. So you can contact Eric for scheduling on that one. And then Laravel Nova, which is the Laravel uh, official admin panel, is right now offering 30% off on all licenses. One that is not on here, but I know is also a thing. Let me double check and make sure that I'm not missing this. Oh my gosh, there is really a bunch of them on here. I was going to say Caleb Porzio, Caleb Porzio just released like some live wire screencasts that are 50% off, right? Yeah. I think you can get um, yep. access for a year for $80 and I think uh, lifetime access for 150 Lifetime was 150 Yeah, everything's 50% yeah. off. So you should check that one out as well. You can find that at Lara, uh, sorry, livewire.laravel.com. So that's also a really good one. That's sort of like a Laravel special. So that was not listed in there. We've got lots of items from Beyond Code. So here, you know, Beyond Code is the people who wrote Tinkerwell, uh, Expose, Windy, Invoker, uh, Hello, all of these different desktop apps, as well as a couple other SaaS apps. Uh, and you can get a full stack bundle, which includes almost all of those things, uh, including a video course for $199. Or they have, I think actually that's what it is. I think the full stack bundle kind of gets you all of those things. There may be also be individual sales on them, like Exposed Pro gets you 20% off. Um, so anyway, look through all these uh, for different deals on that. Odeer is having a, a sale, which this is a all-in-one monitoring tool for your Laravel app with uptime monitoring, scheduled tasks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Spassi itself, who created Odeer, also has a lot of different deals uh, on some of their SaaS products, 50% off, uh, 30% off, another 30% off, and other items. I, I could list all of them, but there's literally like, I think, 12 of them here just on there. Um, we have some stuff for Vue.js developers. We have some items from JMac for course bundles or uh, Shift, Laravel Shift, if you've been looking for a deal on those. Uh, there's $400 off a subscription to the Everything Plants. So those are all very good. Uh, we have stuff from Stephen Reese Carter, Harpoon Invoicing, Simon Hamp, 
all sorts of stuff. I, I, as I'm getting down to the bottom here, I'm just going to list off some names because you're going to have to go through this list. Uh, you're not going to remember all the things that I'm going to say. So I'm going to just hit you with the names here. Transl.me, which I guess is simplifying and automating content localization, has a 60% off sale on their launch. Uh, there's also Backpack for Laravel. Ashley Allen has some courses that are 30% off. Fideliper has 40% off his courses. Screencasting, which is Aaron Francis. He's got a $100 off coupon with Black Friday. Dev Dojo is 40% off. And then Boris Lepkin also has 50% off on both of his products like Advanced Inertia and Lunar UI. So lots of great stuff there. Go support some developers. Buy some uh, gifts for your favorite developers if they are interested in any of those things and uh, support the community. Okay, thanks. Over to you, Michael. Pulse. For sure. All right, so pulse.laravel.com has been released now. You can check it out. It's a beautiful uh, one-page sort of marketing site that tells you all about Laravel Pulse, which allows you to monitor the vital signs of your Laravel application in real time. Uh, The video for this from Laracon Australia, where Jess Archer launched on the stage the product and demoed it for everyone, is now up on the Laracon AU YouTube channel. But as a brief summary, Laravel Pulse is a health and, monitor, health and performance monitoring tool for your Laravel applications. It provides at-a-glance insights into your application's performance and usage. It allows you to track down bottlenecks like slow jobs and endpoints, find your most active users and more. It's free, it's open source, and it's ready for extension. Uh, so you can track uh, your application usage so you can see the top 10 users making requests, um, engage with lost endpoints, dispatch the most jobs throughout your application. There is server stats. So you can monitor your application server CPU, memory, disk usage. If you're running multiple servers, no problem. Pulse can monitor all of your servers in one place. It provides queue monitoring at a glance as well. So you can take the guesswork out of optimizing your queue workers. You can see real time and historical stats for how many jobs are pending, how many failed and how many are processing successfully. You can see performance of slow routes, of cache keys, of you know where your queries are slow as well, and things like that. All of this is self-hosted, so you don't have to have any of those you know concerns around shipping PII offsite. It uses the uh, prepared statements in there, so it doesn't put any of that information into a dashboard where it can leak out by accident. You can view the slowest endpoints, queries, jobs, requests, etc., that are impacting your users. It will show you trending exceptions. So it'll give you an overview of the exceptions that are happening in your application. If you're having exceptions side-by-side with your application's complete health overview, helps you find anomalies across the entire stack. And you can even create custom cards. So you can put in your own layout. In your own layouts, you can do things that are, you know, generic across Laravel applications, or you can, you know, do things that are specific to applications. I know one of the examples that Jess gave was for her figure... Uh, what's the word? Um, imaginary Acme Airlines service. You know, how many flights have been tracked, how many delays have occurred, cancellations, et cetera, et cetera. So you can do all kinds of stuff. There is full customization. It's a composer package you can install that is written in Livewire. So you've got full control over customizing the dashboard without a build step, which is, you know, allowing you to bring in new changes pretty quickly and easily. But there's recorders and slow routes and you know, as I said, tracking cache usage and hit rates, you can install as a composer package. You can monitor a single single application that runs on multiple servers and it will give you an overview of everything all from one place. You can separate the, the Pulse dashboard from your main application. You can separate the data from your main application database and all that kind of stuff. You can even use um, Redis ingest 
which is uh, faster still. One thing that Jess pointed out during her demo is that they've actually been using this on Laravel Forge for some time and, and Forge is serving something like 2 million requests a day without any you know user impact. So because it's using aggregate data and and has sampling as like a safety net, if you needed to turn that on, um, if you've used Sentry's performance insights and things like that, you know that if you're getting tens of millions or hundreds of millions of requests per day, you can actually take a sampling of that data rather than sending every single request. But it's it's been built in a you know a user a user thoughtful way so that you don't have to worry about impacting the users while still getting useful information about your application. So um, it should be out this week. It may push into next week, you know, because of of Thanksgiving and 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 all of that holiday time that's about to to hit the uh, North America. So it will be out very soon. We'll have a, a full and complete blog post covering Jess's content as well, but you can check it out. Uh, the YouTube video will have that link in the show notes for you. Very nice. That was, that was incredible, man. There's a lot of really good stuff in here. I can't believe this is for free, you know? Pretty, pretty wild. All free, absolutely. Did, was there any comparison or any questions asked about Telescope? In regards to Laravel yep. Pulse, what what was sort of the answer to that? So the 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 main thing comparing Telescope and and Pulse is because Pulse is using sort of aggregate sample data. It's it's a much more efficient thing, whereas Telescope mm. is sort of I mean Telescope is really targeted to local development, where you know it's it's gathering a lot of information about your application in great detail, and so that can bog down your application sure. if, you, if you're using in production whereas you know as i said they're using this on forge laravel's using this on forge and serving two million requests a day happily without any user impact so it, it doesn't give you you know as in depth it certainly doesn't replace your error trackers and things like that it's more of an augmentation to that data so if you needed to you know you would see that there are exceptions happening and where they're being triggered but if you needed to see you know, what the stack trace was, you would still go into your error tracker to look at that um, and see what that's all about. So, yeah. Very nice. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool release on that. And uh, I think the YouTube video is already out there, right? And so just if you want to watch the announcement yep. on that one, Jess, Jess Acha, uh, she did a great job. And so uh, I have not watched the whole video yet, but plan to. We We asked about that, by the way. Your little Jess Archer. Oh, what did she uh, say in the in the team Q and A? Oh, you'll find out when you see the video. Oh gosh! <laughs> in the team Q and A, what do you mean? Like in the uh, the Laracon AU team team Q and A? No, no. So we we had because we had uh, Nuna and James oh, and oh, Jess gotcha. and Tim. So okay. we had like sure, a panel sure. okay. kind of Q and A thing. Yeah. So that that was one of the questions. Oh, that was nice. Asked okay. And, uh, I'll have to I'll have to listen. All right. Don't spoil it. Okay. So the next thing we have here, which was also announced by Mr. Nuno Maduro, is stress testing with PEST with this new stressless plugin. So if for some reason you've been living under a rock and you don't know what PEST is, PEST is a little testing framework, not little, is a testing framework built on top of PHP unit that you can uh, use in parallel with PHP unit, but it's just an incredible uh, addition on top of it. It makes testing really, really delightful and uh, something Nuno has been working on for the last few years. So the PEST team just announced the release of a brand new plugin for PEST, which is Stressless. That's the name of the plugin. This is a fresh new addition to the PEST PHP family, and here's what it does. It brings the power of stress testing 
your application to the PHP ecosystem. Let's talk really quick about what we mean by stress testing. If you've wanted to simulate a bunch of users hitting your application at once and seeing what effect that has on your application, that's the idea of a stress test, right? So this integrates seamlessly with Pest PHP, combining the power of that stress testing with the simplicity and the elegance of Pest's expectation API. So there's a YouTube video in which Nuno talks through all of that. If watching a video is more your thing, that's that's totally fine. He demonstrates the whole stressless plugin, uh, but it's really easy to get started with it. All you have to do is require the new composer package and you're all set to go. So there's two main ways to use stressless. You, you can use it to quickly stress test your application from the command line. And to do that, you just call vendor bin pest or just pest, depending on how you have it set up in your command line. So pest, stress, and then the name of the URL that you're trying to hit. So in the case that it's just something local, you could call, uh, you know, myapplication.test. And then as arguments to that, you can pass concurrency. So how many concurrent requests you'd like running, and then the duration of those requests, how how long you want each request, uh, sorry, not how long you want each request to last for, although maybe, but you could say just hit it five, five, you know, it might be like five hits every second for 10 seconds. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, so that's one way to use it is from the command line. Uh, the other way you can use it is you can write it right into your pest PHP test file. So you can target a specific route. You could say test Black Friday, for example, right? I want to make sure my site is going to hold up to when my my uh, my course hits the front news of hacker or front page of Hacker News, and I want to make sure that it's not going to fall over when that happens, right? So I'm going to make a new Black Friday test, and to do that, we just say stress and then pass the name of the uh, URL or the route or whatever I'm going to be hitting. And then again, concurrently for how many seconds. And then you can expect that the failed count is going to be zero for the requests. Or you can actually expect that the duration of the waiting for the response time is going to be less than 100 milliseconds, right? So you can not only test that it won't fail, but you can test that the response times will stay within some tolerable limit that you that you uh, document there inside of your test. So that's really cool. And you can use this on your, I mean, I suppose you could probably deploy this to production and use it in production as well if you really wanted to. Um, you know, one of the things that's going to be a little bit weird is if you're using this locally, you're going to be testing against the specs of the machine that you're running it on, right? So if I'm running it on my MacBook mm-hmm. Pro, running it on like some 32 gig multi-core big deal sort of like book, right? But if you wanted to run it in production, uh, you can do that as well from the command line. So you can use it in a couple different ways there. Uh, did he ask? Did he say anything about that, Michael? About stress testing production environment stuff? Yeah. So he actually stress tested the Laracon AU website live. Oh, nice. Ooh, how did how did it do? <laughs> it it stood up. He he only did it with a with a single request worth or single re- request concurrency. So it wasn't too bad. But I think the the main thing there is it's more for tracking. You know, are you introducing changes into your code that does impact interesting on on the request time so you know you could put it into your test suite and run it you know after a deploy to make sure that the the request time hasn't suddenly ballooned out but he did demonstrate on sort of local host as well where you can still get some valuable insight into you know whether you've got memory leaks in your application or um, you know, if if you're making changes to something, you know, is the request time going up? Are you sending back suddenly like a whole bunch of extra data in a request or are you loading some extra models and things like that? You know, you can you can seed out some fake data to kind of 
give you some indication of what that is, but certainly putting it in as a GitHub action that gets triggered after a deploy that, you know, kind of hits the website and and make sure that, you know, your page that was taking 50 milliseconds to load hasn't suddenly started taking 100 milliseconds to load and, and put those things in there as well. So definitely some some different ways to to go about it and and sort of stress test the application. This came out just in time because... I was telling one of my developers we have this Christmas auction website that we do for all of our all of our team members. And I was like, "Oh, we need to make sure this thing's going to work when we have like 250 people hitting it at one time." He's like, "How do we do that?" I'm like, "Oh, Nuno, mm-hmm. just put this out." So anyway, it should be should be uh cool. I'll report back on on how that goes. So there we go. Stressless. Yeah. Very cool. Stressless. Unless you are the owner of a website. <laughs> that Nuno is testing in front of in front of everybody. 100 people. Yeah, exactly. And that's through that guy. <laughs> Please, yeah. That's all right. Cloudflare was was there to save us anyway, so nice, no problems. Nice. Thank you, Cloudflare. Cool. All right. Tinkerwell version 4 is now released. So for those of you who don't know, Tinkerwell is a code runner for PHP and, and created by the team at Beyond Code and was has just released version 4 with a host of new goodies, including AI support, a new detailed dive, custom themes, a log viewer, and so much more. Um, it's very useful an application if you want to do some quick debugging in the context of your application. It's a little bit more robust than just using Tinker in terms of, you know, it will provide autocomplete support and, you know, snippets and things like that. It'll, if you wanted to to SSH into your production server and, and Tinker, that way it's a little bit nicer than trying to do that over SSH as well. But you can now add your own open AI API key in the settings to enable some AI features and it allows you to choose between GPT 3.5 and version 4. With AI support, you can have Tinkerwell write code for you, explain code and more, all within the editor. There is also a new detailed dive view, which is, in my opinion, worth the, the cost, you know, if you haven't yeah, got it to purchase cool. it or to, you know, renew your license. It gives you more structured output. So, you know, you know when you dump your eloquent collection, it just comes up with like this collapsed list of you know whatever detail dive allows you to expand the view it'll give you like a tabular view you can export the the results from there you can drill down in a in a more reasonable way than just having this you know the standard dd output which is really handy if you're dumping a mailable tinkerwell will now preview the email for you which makes testing emails even easier this if you've ever used hello or invoker um you can pass data to the view from within Tinkerwell and it'll just render it out and you can refresh it in line as you make changes as well. There is a new object graph view as well. So if you wanted to display all of the relations of a dumped model, for example, you can see, you know, where they're all linked and all the, if you've ever looked at an uh, ERD, like a entity relationship diagram, this, this kind of thing is now part of Tinkerwell as well. You can enable SQL query output as well in detail view in in detail dive view and Tinkerwell will show you all the queries that were run during code execution. There's a new log viewer as well that allows you to do log tailing as well, which makes things really easy. So if you haven't already, check it out. If you haven't renewed your license, you haven't checked out version four, um, get yourself a copy or upgrade today. Man, I'm spending money like crazy here. I just bought Eric and Francis's screencasting course. Now I'm looking at Tinkerwell, making sure I have the latest version here. Date and restart. I, thankfully, I do have the latest. Um, you know, I renewed my license not too long ago, so I'm just going to update to Tinkerwell right now, the newest newest version. That's pretty pretty freaking sweet. Some of those um, output pages are really incredible. The, the log view is really nice. The SQL queries are really nice. That object graph looks really really interesting. 
Uh, yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff there. So uh, nice job, Marcel, on that one. Okay, uh, let me move on to JetBrains, uh, now maintaining the PEST plugin for PHP Storm. So if you happen to use PHP Storm, uh, there was a plugin created for that to bring autocomplete support for PEST back in 2020. Oliver Nibro uh, created that, just open source, right? But yesterday, JetBrains announced that they will be handling, starting with version 2023.3, they will be handling uh, the... Uh, maintenance of that package from now on. So it'll stay open source, uh, but they've you know, basically said, we're, we're committing to making sure that people get as much value out of the box with PHP Storm as possible. So they offered to the author of that plugin to just bundle the plugin in the next release of PHP Storm. So you shouldn't have to install it separately. It'll just automatically get pulled in uh, when you download the new version of PHP Storm. So since taking over, they've already reworked the custom expectation support engine which allowed JetBrains to fix some of the technical issues that we had with projects stuck on closing and and the and uh, then streamlining performance uh, on that. So really, really cool. Glad that JetBrains is taking that on and pushing that forward in the community. Thank you, JetBrains. Absolutely. Next up, Artisan.Page, which is a project from James Brooks, now supports all first-party Laravel packages. So Artisan Page is a cheat sheet for Laravel's Artisan commands that is built, as I said, by James Brooks. And he recently announced that it fully supports all first-party packages. The expansion means that you can access all the command details for every core Laravel package, some of which include Breeze and Cashier, Dusk, Horizon, Livewire, Inertia, and more. The tool itself is open source and all the commands are dynamically generated, so it's always up to date with the latest Laravel releases. So this is a website that you can go to and it will show you every single artisan command, all of the uh, options, the arguments, whether they're optional or required, makes a nice easy reference sheet um, or cheat sheet, if you will, if you are using uh, or want a reference to commands without firing up the terminal, for example, or if you're on your phone, it's easier to do it that way. So definitely check that one out. Very nice. I had multiple updates for Tinkerwell, so it's just running through all the different items right now. <laughs> it keeps updating from one to the there. next to the next. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Hey, Laravel Nova got a fresh new website. So we've got a cool video uh, of Aaron Francis here, which does an introduction to Laravel Nova. I'm not exactly sure when that video was made. I'm going to find out real quick here. This was made weeks two ago, weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So if you've not used Laravel Nova yet and uh, you're wondering what it is, that's a great spot to get a... A overview of what Laravel Nova is and how you can utilize it inside of your applications. We use it everywhere, all over the place. Love it to death. But it's a beautifully designed administration panel for Laravel, first party. So it's carefully crafted by the creators of Laravel. And it's they just launched a brand new website with a fresh design. I would be remiss to not mention our good friend David Hemphill, who has spent countless hours on Laravel Nova and was one of the uh, originators uh, of Laravel Nova. So the website does look incredible, by the way. Um, they've got they've got some better previews, I feel like. I feel like it does a better job uh, displaying and sort of showcasing the features uh, as opposed to what it used to. But basically, uh, it's just a pitch, right? It's a pitch for, for Nova, and it also has a video tour on there as well. So you can watch that right on the website. And for right now, you can get licenses that are discounted by 30%. You can even renew existing licenses early to lock in that 30% discount at nova.laravel.com. Uh, so if you're looking for, you know, if you're sick of cobbling together these administration panels, you know, because that's mm-hmm. this was the constant request that I always had. It was like, okay, yeah, you built the tool, but now we want to manage it. 
And for me, I was always just like, I'm going to build the front end. And then if you guys need something changed or whatever, I'll just go look into the database and I'll go, go, go deal with it there. Right. But trying to put together an administration panel was always just a pain. It felt like you were doing the same thing every time, but the technology had updated yeah. since the last time you did it. So you were using a different library the next time. And Nova just solves that problem for you. It literally could not be simpler to use to create an administration panel than to use Nova, which is just a huge burden lifted for developers, uh, really is. And it installs easily. It's really easy to configure and it's very extend, uh, extendable. So check out nova.laravel.com. Uh, big push on that one. Really, really great stuff. Indeed. Uh, last bit of news we have here is Wirebox. Your Livewire playground awaits. This helps you to experience Livewire component development like never before from your browser, thanks to Philo Hermans. Hermans. Philo announced the beta at the start of this week, which you can sign up for at wirebox.app and start trying it out. Wirebox provides an online editor with hot reloading, component sharing, forking and starring, the ability to ask an AI assistant for help, and more. Wirebox gives you a sandbox environment to quickly work on your Livewire component ideas and share them with others. The editor makes it easy to find component files and accompanying views, models, and routes. And as you write the code, you'll see the changes update in the dedicated preview, similar to other tools like Code Sandbox or CodePen. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for the beta, visit wirebox.app to get started. And you can also jump into a Wirebox preview to see how it works. We'll have links to all of that for you in the show notes. I feel like Wirebox might... Let's see, when was this actually, this item written? November 21st. Okay. I thought it was so out of I think this beta. is the open beta. Yeah, I, I thought this was the open beta. And then previously, it was like an invitation thing uh-huh. that you had to sign up to a waitlist for. Okay, so this is the open beta. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so it's now available. All right. So yeah, previously, we've talked about it, mm-hmm. I think, a little bit. And I think it was just invite only. So now it's, it's available for everybody. All right. Yeah. Well, we are... In the sake of time, again, as we said at the top of the show, we're going to skip over some of the tutorials, sorry, sorry, some of the packages and developer tools because there's just a lot. And so we're going to try to be respectful of the time. We're at 44 minutes right now. I'm going to buzz through the first three tutorials and then let Mr. Dorita take the rest of them. So uh, Tailwind CSS. This is a talk that Adam Wathen gave at Rails World not too long ago. And so the talk is Tailwind CSS. It looks awful and it works. And so this is a really good talk about how separation of concerns um, isn't necessarily maybe the right way to think about the relationship between HTML and CSS and why presentational class names basically lead to code that's easier to maintain, right? And then tips and tricks and best practices for getting the most out of Tailwind CSS. So if you're a Tailwind CSS user, this is a really good one to watch. Uh, Nginx configuration for old Forge servers. So, you know, back in the day, it was Apache. That was what you were using. But Nginx is now the new thing that we use in, in anything that's provisioned by Forge, right? So if you have an old Forge server uh, that you created, and you're wondering how to manage Nginx, uh, the Nginx configuration for that old Forge server, this is a tutorial, uh, James Brooks, who helps to maintain uh, a lot of the Forge stuff. So you can look at that one. And then we also have learning how to impersonate users in your Laravel app, which is like a superpower, right? This is one of the neat features that Laravel Nova gives you out of the box, which I love. So you can imitate or impersonate a user right from the control panel. So you go to the users thing, click impersonate, 
and you're dropped right into a session that would be like what they would see. So this is really handy for lots of reasons, but if you get like a bug report or an issue and you want to see exactly what the user is seeing, you can just jump in and impersonate them. So if you've not done this before, uh, you can use Laravel Nova to do so. There is also a Laravel impersonate package that makes it simple to get started in the case that you're not using Nova. So check that one out. Okay, as promised, the first three, Michael Dorinda, over to you. All right, next we have four more. Uh, the first one is a tutorial from Nuna Maduro that helps you to make iTerm2 look fantastic. Uh, it's a quick run through of how he sets up his terminal, you know, from the default right up until looking a little bit pretty. Also, from well, this is an article from from Paul Redmond, but it's for a pest PHP feature that allows you to conditionally assert throwing an exception in pest. Um, so you can check that one out as well. There is Hypertext, which is a PHP package that converts HTML to pure text and beautifully handles various and malformed HTML. Uh, it works by taking HTML string as input and removing all the markup, leaving you with plain text. So this is a tutorial on how to convert HTML to plain text using PHP. And the last one that we have here is an article by Luis Dalmun, which is seven tips for adding a second server to your app. Uh, it talks about load balances and databases and caches and queues, user uploaded content, um, queue workers, scheduled commands, deployments, uh, network and security. So if you've ever gone from one server to two, there's a lot of considerations there. You know, you obviously you can't use local file storage anymore unless you're going to, you know, faff about with manually syncing files between the two servers or using shared storage or something like that, you know, so it uh, talks a bit in detail about how you would go about all of that setup. But that's it. We made it. We did Even it. a truncated episode was... 48 uh, minutes, yeah. Fabulously long. Exactly. Yep, indeed it was. Okay, this was episode 203. Thanks so much for hanging out with those folks. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 203. Hit us up on Twitter uh, at Michael Dorita, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. We always love hearing from you. And of course, if you loved the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. All right, folks. Till next time, we will see you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.